All right, Justin. I guess pick an A, B, C, D, or E. I want news. Ooh. So what is that, C or D? You got any of those? Got any news want, for do, me? Does it have to be movie specific? No. Okay. I mean, I've got some good news that actually might tie into an E also. Oh, okay. So this, okay. this weekend, Charles Barkley was talking somewhere. I don't know where. Sir Charles Barkley, I need to get his name correct, uh, was talking somewhere. And when he was talking to the crowd, he was like, if you're gay or if you're trans, I love you. And if anybody tries to talk shit, tell them Charles said, fuck you. And so I was like, that's okay. I like it. And so then I went on like a weird rabbit hole on Reddit of just nice things. Charles Barkley does. (laughs) And so, like, apparently he was, like, super good friends with a random guy in Iowa that worked at a cat litter uh, company for a cat litter company. He was a chemist for him. And weirdly enough, Charles Barkley was just, like, weirdly best friends with this man. And, like, as the story goes, uh, they Charles Barkley was somewhere, you know, doing, uh, I think it was after his career. Um you know, at a hotel bar randomly. And uh, he was just sitting at the bar and this guy was like, oh, Charles Barkley. I'm a huge fan of Charles Barkley. Let me go say hi to him and see if I could take a picture with him or something. And Charles Barkley was like, yeah, sure, of course. And nobody else was in there. So they kind of just like ended up sitting and talking for a while and all this shit. And then Charles Barkley was like, hey, let's go get dinner. And so they went and got dinner together and then went back to the hotel bar and were just like hanging out and chilling. And apparently they just did that for like the next three or four nights. Just would meet at the hotel bar, hanging out. And then like at the end of it, Charles gave him his number. And so they just would like exchange texts and talk every once in a while and stuff. And then like when Charles, like he'd be like, Hey, if you're ever in Atlanta or Arizona, like any of the random places that Charles is, is he's like, if you're ever there when I'm there, Hit me up, we'll hang out, and they they would and all this stuff. And then when Charles, uh, when his mom died, uh, the funeral was in Leeds, Alabama, which is a super small town in Alabama. And apparently this guy just showed up there. And he, Charles was like, oh, man, that's so awesome that you came here. Everybody was like, who the fuck is this random guy? And, you know, like Charles was just like incredibly like, you know, humbled that this man would take time out of his day you know, or his life to come, you know, to his mom's funeral and all this other stuff. And so then like a few That's years cool. later, that guy ended up getting like brain cancer or something. And mm. apparently Charles never knew about it. And because he just like, you know, didn't think he didn't want to bother Charles with something like that. And when Charles found out about it, he was all bummed, but you know, Charles went to his funeral when he passed away and so, like, all these people that were, like, kind of make fun of him because he's like, no, I'm friends with Charles Barkley. Everybody's like, yeah, sure you are. And he would, like, show him pictures and stuff, but everybody, like, really didn't believe it. But, no, whenever he passed away, apparently Charles Barkley went to his funeral and all this other stuff. And his uh, that guy's daughter was, like, a, a journalist and was, like, asking, you know, Charles Barkley. He's like, you know, like, well, what would you and my dad talk about? And he's like, honestly, 
his, your dad talked about you, like his kids more than anything. It was like, you know, and so he was telling this, this woman, like all these things like about her life and stuff like that, that her dad had told him. And she was like, holy shit, Charles Barkley legitimately knows about my life. Just from talking with my That's dad cool. and shit like that, you know? And so like Charles Barkley spoke at his funeral and was talking about how he was just like, you know, deeply humbled and honored that this man was his friend. And, you know, like it's the way people would probably talk about Charles Barkley. He's talking about this man and all this other stuff. And then That's so really like awesome. started reading through other stories and people were just talking about how like anywhere uh, Charles Barkley goes, he's like always the nicest person and always like tips incredibly well. Apparently one time he went to dinner with Michael Jordan and they went somewhere to eat and it was a super expensive meal and Jordan paid for it. And like, apparently Jordan like left a shit tip. He's like, dude, you're fucking rich. Give these people money. Like you could tip better than this. You're fucking Michael Jordan. So like he chastised Michael Jordan for not tipping good enough and all kinds of shit. Like apparently he's just like, there was one time like somebody was telling a story about how he went to a, a restaurant and it was like a small restaurant and like he had a fairly big party, but like, you know, as most of the restaurant was like dealing with them and stuff. And but like, he like at the end of the night, he was just tipped everybody $200. Like if you were his server or not, just like every, like cooks got it. Busters got it. Everybody got like a $200 tip from him. Wow. Just because he was appreciative of everything they did for him and stuff like that and being so accommodating and all this stuff. And you're just like, man, Charles Barkley, you're a fucking fantastic human being. That's tight, man. That's that's a really cool story. Wow. I didn't know that he was like that, man. You know, I I, I mean, you, you hear a lot about him being friendly and you hear a lot about um, him being a nice person to be around, but I just figured, you know, th- these are people who probably just met him. Maybe it was a pass and go type of thing, or just these are acquaintances most of the time. You know, I, I didn't know how personable he actually could be, and this th- th- this is really enlightening. Just kind of showing what what kind of th- the warm personality he does have. Some of those same things that seem to come off the screen whenever he's on screen doing something. It's nice to know that some of that matches the actual person, you know, it's just nice. Yeah. And it kind of makes you wonder about that guy that he like punched through a window and you're like, fuck, he really probably deserved it then. Didn't he? (laughs) If he's just that nice to everybody else and like gives autographs, takes pictures, all that stuff, just super nice. Like, man, that guy he punched through a window probably really fucking deserved it then. And yeah, like you think about that and then you think about when he was playing and he was like, I'm not a role model, Charles Barkley. Like this feel this seems like a far cry from that. So who knows? But people can change. Maybe just life has kind of changed him, you know? Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up, too. I'm like. It really is crazy that this is the same man that went, I'm not a role model. And you're like, out of a lot of people, yeah, you are. 
Yeah. You really are. And it's not even just to kids. He's a role model to humanity with some of that stuff. I'm like, you are a role model, Charles Barkley. I don't care what you say. Yeah, definitely. Apparently Shaq's very much the same way. Apparently. Apparently Shaq, whenever he goes out to eat, he throws around money and it's not like it's irresponsible. It's just like, if you take care of him, he takes care of you, you know, always there for the fans, all that shit. Plus like a fun story about Shaq is like whenever he, whenever he had his signature signature shoe came out, I can't remember what company it was, but everybody's like, why are you like selling such a cheap shoe? You're an NBA player. Like, why is your shoe show so cheap? It should be like, you know, like everybody else, like raking in that dough. And he's like, not all my fans have money. I want anybody to be able to buy my shoe. Like, you don't have to have money That's to buy cool. a shack, you know? You're like, see, there you go. So, but yeah, I just, like I said, I was like, I think it was like Saturday night. Just went on this weird deep dive on just nice things. Charles Barkley's done. So that that's that's really cool. I might have to do the same thing, man. I might have to go on one of these little Barkley binges and just see like what else he's been doing. I mean, that's that was a very uh very interesting and just like I said, just a very enlightening story about him. That's just something you don't often hear about. You know, most of the time He's just so known for being funny because, and most of the time it's situational humor. It's more like he's just so totally honest and blunt. He'll just say something that you just don't expect them to say on a sports cast. And that's sort of why he's funny because he's just sort of authentic, but, but in that way, but it's nice to know that some of that authenticity lends itself to just how he is with people. He's just very personable, very inviting, and in a lot of ways, more humble than you think he would be or ought to be in some cases. So that's badass, man. And then on top of that, he shits on Skip Bayless constantly. And I just love that. (laughs) Because with everything that is wrong, with everything that is wrong with media and sports media, like, Skip Bayless like embodies so much of that and he just shits on him constantly and I, I'm so there for it. Like back See, when that, I was like a fucking edgy ass teenager and I'm like 18 and didn't realize shit about the world. Oh yeah, I love Skip Bayless. It's like, oh, he talks his mind and all this other shit. He'll, he's not afraid to say what's po- uh, like, you know, an unpopular opinion. And then you realize he's just a living human version of clickbait. That's kind of true. Uh, he always tries to have a controversial opinion. He always just tries to, even when a star does well, he finds some sort of way to say that they didn't. Or, you know, he really is that person now. That 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 really is all he is. Yeah. He's the type of guy of like, you know, he's kind of like Lamar Ball. He, he's like, man, I could, you know, Wear flip-flops and I could beat LeBron in a game of one-on-one. Like, that's the type of shit Skip Bayless says. Yeah. Ugh. Yep. It really sucks, though, because I've been accused of that, too. 
of the hot take stuff because of like the way I feel about Marvel stuff. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, well, because it's popular, you don't like it. And I'm like, no, it's because it's trash. I don't like it. But, you know, and I, I think that's just a great segue into what we're going to be talking about today because we talking more Marvel today. We're talking about technically Marvel squared because it's MCU and it's in the name. Huh. That is true. All the Marvels today. All the Marvels. And with that, here's this. Somebody will listen to me. Nobody knows anything but you. Cinema Slayers. 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 Hey, Cine fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Just Justin today. Uh, Heather couldn't be here; she had some some you know family stuff come up. So uh, we wish her the best for these however many episodes she may have to miss. Um, but you know. The stuff she's dealing with is infinitely more important than a fucking podcast. So completely understandable. And we wish her the best and hopefully everything uh, gets better. Uh, with that, we are going to be talking about what we liked, didn't like, and everything in between with the Disney plus series, Miss Marvel. We will talk about what we liked, didn't like, and everything in between. I think I already said that I meant to say we will be going spoiler free recommendations and scores and then into a more spoiler centric section with time codes in the description uh, to allow you to jump around in the podcast or YouTube video as so required with all that, because I'm finally figuring out what the fuck I'm talking about. Uh, Justin, what are your spoiler free thoughts about uh, this year? Miss Marvel. Man, I loved me some Miss Marvel. I really like this and I don't know, maybe part of that, Part of the reason for that is going in, I really didn't know much about this character. I, I, I didn't honestly, I didn't even really know this character existed until recently. Like there's a Marvel Avengers video game and she's one of the main characters. And I saw clips of that and I was like, and they were like, you know, you're, you're the guy was playing as Miss Marvel. And I went, who's Miss Marvel? And it just, and, you know, and it, and I had that thought to myself, how many Marvels are there? You know, it was just, uh, I just, you know, it, it made me go, okay, so there's another one that's not Carol Danvers. That's not um, the the guy who was the first um, Captain Marvel. That's Marvel. Yeah, Marvel. And it's not um, Monica Rambeau. So I was like, who is this? You know, you I forgot was like, one. Well, you forgot a couple, actually. There's there's actually even more Captain people with Captain Marvel because uh, there was Marvel's son, uh, Jinvel. Uh, I want to say wow. Moon Dragon at one point was a Captain Marvel. There's been 90 billion Captain Marvels. And for a while, Carol Danvers was Miss Marvel. Because that's okay. how, canonically speaking, that's how Rogue got the powers of super strength and flight and durability was she got in a fight with Miss Marvel, Carol Danvers, and used her power absorption powers on her. But she's not a mutant. So 
fucked with her a little bit different. And that's how Rogue uh, kept those powers. Okay. Okay. And I always knew that. I always knew that that's how Rogue, Rogue absorbed her. But I didn't realize that. Okay. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And see, that's how lost I am on all of this. Like, I didn't know half of those Marvels you named. I only know the, can you even call them the big four? I don't know. I don't know. And I I don't read any Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel. I haven't read really any of it. So I don't even know who the big ones are or if they are, or if we are getting the big ones in these movies or yeah. what? Oh, see, I was, I was always a big fan of the original Marvel cap, the original captain Marvel. Uh, and it's mainly, it's not because of anything in my lifetime. Cause I think technically he died before I was even born. Um, but I was always fascinated with the, the story, the death of captain Marvel. Cause technically he's one of the few superheroes to ever die of natural causes. I mean, he got cancer through, huh some comic book bullshit. The the villain Nitro exploded some special nerve gas and it gave him cancer ultimately. And so he died of cancer. Uh, but then there's the whole argument. It's such a comic book thing of in the comic book, when he's dying of cancer, he also kisses death, which in the Marvel comics, death is a literal person. It's mm-hmm. looks like the grim reaper. Thanos is in love with her. Uh, he kisses death at the same time. So the argument is, did he die of natural causes? Cause technically he kissed death. So it, but it was in his mind. So does that count or is that just symbolically what happens when you die? You kiss death, you know? So there's all kinds of interpretations with it. And I was always loved that. Uh, so when his son got a comic, uh, when he was Captain Marvel, I always loved that. And there's some actual ties to this show based on that. And I'll get into that later. It's not even spoilery, really. It's Easter egg shit. But I'll get into more of that later. Okay, good. Because I'm certain that I probably missed them. Uh, but to get back to this, um, and the just non-spoilery stuff. So, long story short, obviously, I didn't know much about this character <laughs> going in. So, so the challenge for me was, okay, can this at least just get me to invest in this character? And I knew she was going to be in later stuff. I know that there's a movie coming up called The Marvels where we're going to finally get Carol Danvers, Monica Rambeau, and now Miss Marvel, um, Kamala Khan in it. So I was like, okay, can this at least get, can this little six episodes, can it get me to care about this character? Can it, you know, am I going to, you know, can it at least give me a solid introduction and so that I can look forward to this character in later stuff. That's all I was really looking for. And honestly, what I got, I mean, th- this is like when you order your meal at McDonald's and then you open the bag and they put, and, I, and for some reason, somebody messed up and they put two extra fries in there, three extra burgers in there. And you're like, damn, man, look, look at all of this. I only wanted. I only ordered this, but man, I I really hit the jackpot today. That's how I felt about this series. Like, I knew nothing hardly going in. I had very little expectations, but I walked away with with what I feel 
was one of the better series that they have. It's probably one of my top ones, honestly. Like from an artistic standpoint, the 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 music was great. It's colorful, it's energetic, and it's very spirited. And it had a lot of heart, which is something that I think has kind of been missing from some of these movies that that we've gotten lately. You know, Thor like like we just got through reviewing and seeing um Thor Love and Thunder. And for all of the like tragic things that happened in it and he, and love is in the title and all of that kind of stuff. But man, this had way more heart than that. And <laughs> and you know, that had love in the title. But this boy, this was big on just it was so big on heart. Like it, there was just like an earnestness, an earnesty to it. And there was just, it just felt like the director and the, the people that were assigned to this project, it it just felt like they really wanted to give you something more than just some comic book shit, man. And I am down for that. I'm just all for that. So like I said, the music was great. It, it was so colorful and vibrant. Um, I got an education about Pakistani and Muslim culture that I didn't even know I needed. You know, this talked about an event that I don't even think I knew very much about. Maybe this was briefly mentioned. I, I, I mean, I was boggling my mind trying to remember, do, I re- do, do we even talk about this in school? Was this anything that we went over or researched or anything like that? And then I just tried to think of, I mean, how many movies, how many things have I seen that depicted this event or talked about this event? And I could barely think of anything. So for me, not only did I get a great introduction to a character that I didn't know much about, but I got an education about a different culture that I didn't know I needed. Um, and not only that, but the, the, but the Pakistani Muslim culture, it was all presented in a positive way. It was all presented in a way that wasn't preachy. It didn't, it didn't feel like it was trying to force me to like people or anything like that. It looked like I just got a glimpse into the lives of different people of a different background and a different culture. And it was great. Some of it, I was like, man, this looks like fun. These people seem like a lot of fun to be around. Like, it it just got me to care about everybody in Kamala's family, including her. Um, The last few things I'll say on it is that just, I think that it's it's paced very well. Um, The way that they do editing and scene transitions and stuff like that is just, energetic is the word that I keep coming back to. This just flows, man. And the music just, you know, my head was rocking constantly. And he, and like, I, I think I said this in a text to you, even though there were times where I didn't understand what was being said, I didn't understand what the, the lyricist was saying, but my body understood. Like I was just rocking my head constantly. And I was like, man, dude, this music is very catchy and like just, I mean, everything about this, man, it just felt like a lot of effort was given to just make this something beyond what we've been seeing lately 
from Marvel. And I really appreciated that. And then, and all of it, all the cultural stuff, all of that is very intricately tied into the story. I thought they did a great job with that. Um, Even the things that I felt like I needed more explanation of and things like that. I felt like, okay, maybe that was done intentionally. We'll probably get that once we get to dive deeper into this character. Um, it, they even make some re- some uh, revelations at the end that I think overall for the MCU are exciting. Um, and, and ultimately, and it had an end credit scene that was very interesting too. And I think it's going to be fun to talk about as well. So, I mean... So, man, my hat is off to them. My hat is off to Marvel Studios and everybody on this project. And the last thing I'll say is just all the actors were great. And I mean, and, and you know, we talk about, and this will be the last thing I probably I keep saying that, Sterling, but I promise I'm going to let you talk. But the last point I want to make is just about the actors um, and actresses. Like, we always talk about with some of these movies, like, was this actor born to play this character? And I know we, 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 we often talk about Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool. You know, we talk about Tom Holland with Spider-Man and we talk about, um, you know, I, I mean, some people say that about the, the Ben Affleck Batman. Some people say that about, you know, the Christopher Reeve Superman, whatever, you know, we go back and forth with these characters and say, oh, this actor or the time that they chose this cast, they really just knocked it out of the park. And Iman Vellani, she was great as Kamala Khan. She was awesome. She was so great on screen. She was just, um, she played the character with such a charisma and such an energy like I was compelled the whole time. Like she was great. Um, and there were times where it gave me kind of the Spider-Man homecoming vibes with her performance and the doing what she was doing and trying to discover her powers and discover more about herself. But it's so different from that. They brought in this family dynamic with her that makes it fresh and made it feel like something different entirely from what I've seen from the other Marvel material and from characters that are kind of this age, you know, the 16th, the teenage superhero type of character. So I loved it, man. I thought that this was great. And, uh, it, it, and it finishes to me so far as one of my favorite series uh, from Marvel Studios and Disney+. Plus. As much as I have been on a downward trend with the MCU, feeling like I want to give up on it, feeling like watching this MCU stuff is more of a chore than it is a, 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 a joy, like an enjoyment thing. Then something like Miss Marvel comes along and it just grabs me back into the MCU. Uh, this show is what Thor Love and Thunder should have been. This show is what Moon Knight should have been. There is no damn reason in the world I should watch Miss Marvel, a character I know the most basic of elements about. I maybe knew a hair more than you, Justin. Just a little bit. I knew uh, she was like the first main like Muslim 
uh, comic book character. Uh, and this isn't a spoiler for the show, really. In the comics, she's an inhuman. She's uh, So that's where her powers come from. Her powers are a little bit different in the comics. I think they call it like embiggening or something. She's kind of got like mild stretch powers. So the whole like her okay. making a hand big thing and catching people. She just does that with her physical body. That's more of what she does in the in the comics. It's that type of stuff. Um, also, she names herself because she's a huge fan of Carol Danvers. You know, so they keep that the same. That's really all I knew about this comic book character. So like I said, I knew a hair more than you, Justin. I'm not going to lie. I want to buy the shit out of some fucking Miss Marvel comics now. I don't think anybody went and bought Moon Knight comics after that series, even if they liked it. And if you would, it's going to be drastically different. This, I mean, fuck, this character seemed fun as shit. The show yeah. was fun. And the reason why I comparing it to Moon Knight so much is they they both had similar goals. In Moon Knight, the, the showrunner and the, the producers and the writers and directors, a big thing of them is they really wanted to get Egyptian culture right. And I applaud them for that. There's no issues with that. But I think that they could have spent a little bit more time on his Jewish ancestry, like his Jewishness, like they did with her and her in the Muslim culture that she's in. They made her being a Muslim so central to her character in such a fantastic fucking way. I wish they had done that with Moon Knight's Jewishness. As much as they did about the Egyptian stuff, I think I think that there was room there to do it. You know, I'm not saying you have to sacrifice any of the the accuracies with Egyptian culture for it. No, no, no. You could have done Moon Knight the same way they did this fucking show. And just make it a part of the character so integral that it's just a part of telling the story is a part of telling that. Kind of like what they did with the Egyptian in Moon Knight. They did that. They just made it a part of fucking telling the story. I wish they had done that with, with Moon Knight and that. This show, honestly, to me also, had a better understanding of the character. Or at least it felt like it. I might not have the best understanding, but this show fucking felt like it did. You know, this show seemed more focused to me than both Moon Knight and and Thor. Yeah, I know Doctor Strange and some other stuff came in. I'm talking about the shit that I wanted to succeed in the MCU. And how they failed at that. Did this show succeeded infinitely? You know, it's those little things that they, this show felt like they knew every single step of what they wanted to accomplish. And then they went out and did it. I felt like Moon Knight didn't have that. And that's why we ended up getting random things of, I don't know, missing so many fight sequences. I also recently found out, and I think I'm more disgruntled about Moon Knight than I was before. Uh, the showrunner, he was like, you know, when I wanted to, you know, go do Moon Knight, I went and read like a thousand Moon Knight comics. I don't even think there is a thousand of them, but still. He's like, I went and read all this Moon Knight. And he's like, you know, when I came out of it, I didn't really like the character of Mark Spector. I'm like, oh, you didn't like the fucking character of Moon Knight? No shit. Wow. <laughs> that's why Stephen Grant's the main fucking character of the show, which that's fine. But you also can't not like the fucking main character. Of essentially all the comics and all the stories. And then go and make the fucking show about it. 
You know, that's like if, you know, somebody's wow. like, you know, I really fucking hate Batman. Let me direct it. <laughs> you know, it, it's that type of shit. It's the same reason why Venom and Sam Raimi's Spider-Man sucks so bad. He fucking hated the character of Venom and was mm-hmm. forced to do it by the studio. So we got a very shitty Venom. Yeah, that's why. Makes sense. I'm I'm not necessarily blaming Sam Raimi at that point. He was forced to do something. So you got his version of Venom and it sucks. Because why? You don't like the character. So and then like when I heard that line, I'm like, yeah, no, Moon Knight makes infinitely more sense now. Of all the decisions they made, I'm like, yeah, yeah, because he fucking hated the main character. And that's also kind of the point is you're not necessarily supposed to like Mark Spector completely. He was a war criminal. But the whole thing of Moon Knight is the atonement. He is the atonement for his past crimes. And you don't fully get that. You get glimpses of it. You get glimpses of so much. But, you know, you you get only glimpses of his Judaism. You get only glimpses of this and that. And then you get something like Miss Marvel. Just unapologetically Muslim unapologetically Pakistani unapologetically a kid yeah and they wanted those things to be integral to the story they they cared so much about that and they make you care by doing so and like and the same with Thor Thor, you know, you've got Taika Waititi and you've got Thor coming off of Thor Ragnarok. So you're expecting bright and colorful. You're expecting funny. You're expecting a banger of a soundtrack. You're expecting all these great things. And you got parts of it. I'm not really a Guns N' Roses fan, so I mean, I could take or leave the fucking Guns N' Roses constantly in that. But you get all of those things in this. It's fucking funny. It's fun. It's bright and colorful. It has got one of the most distinct visual styles you will see in a fucking TV show. They do kind of abandon that a little bit later. And I was kind of bummed about it, but you know what? They do so much other cool shit. You kind of forgive it a little bit. I just wish they hadn't abandoned so much of that. Like I loved how they integrated texting into just the background of the scene. Oh yeah. First episode is phenomenal. Yeah. I I'm so sad they abandoned that. That might be, yeah, and you're right. They kind of win it. They go away from that in later episodes, but that might be one of the best first episodes that the MCU has done in all these TV series. I really love the first WandaVision episode too, but man, this was, man, I man. blew off Captain Mar- or I blew off Miss Marvel. I knew we were having it. I was like, whatever. I don't really know the character. It's only six episodes. I'll watch it before we record. I blew it off. Blew it off. Blew it off. Blew it off. Uh, spoiler alert. We're recording this on a Wednesday. This was Sunday. I forgot. we. I needed to watch it. Before we recorded this week, we hadn't established a date of recording <laughs> at the time, but it's Sunday before this day. Hadn't even watched a fucking minute of it. Kind of forgot. Monday rolls around and I'm like, fuck. I gotta watch Miss Marvel. I haven't watched any of it. I've got to watch Miss Marvel. Uh, started it that afternoon. Watched all of it. Just all of it. 
did not stop. Wow. Just watched all of it because it fucking hooks you from the yeah. opening credits. I was like, okay, okay. You've got my attention. That first episode happens. I'm like, oh, I'm, I was worried I would have to rush watching this with all the other shit I got to do. Cause I got to edit an episode. I got to edit the video. You know, I got to watch my Stargate SG one. Cause you know, that's what I've been watching I'm on season eight of that. I never watched it when it was on. And so I'm like, no, that's also the thing I'm currently going through all 10 seasons of, you know, and I've got all the, like, you know, so I make sure I watch at least one episode of that a day. You know what I mean? Cause I'm like, that's a priority series for me right now. So I was like, man, I'm going to have to rush watch this, aren't I? I'm going to be watching it up until like we record. Nope. No issues whatsoever. Once I started watching it, blew through it. Didn't even think about it. Like that last episode's coming on and I'm like, oh shit, I'm on the last one. It's already there. Didn't just didn't even click. Just breezed through them effortlessly. Yeah. Yeah. And on my second time through, cause I was like, man, let me go ahead and watch it a second time through. Cause sometimes when you watch it, when you kind of watch it all together, you, 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 you catch things that maybe you didn't catch the first time because of those weeks apart that you're watching episodes. So I was like, man, dude, I'm going to have to start on this. I'm going to have to rewatch it. And like, I, I went through that again so quick. Like it's just such an easy watch. Like, it's roughly four and a half hours if you watch them all because they they aren't full hour longs. They're about 45 minutes each. Yeah. So it's about four yeah. and a half hours long. I am notoriously the person that rails against how long movies are this and that. Why the fuck is this four and a half hours long? Why is this three hours long? Why the fuck is this and that? Like I said, didn't even phase me. That I just watched four and a half hours of this, though. I was just so engrossed that I essentially watched a four and a half movie, four and a half hour movie. Didn't even take a break. Just watched it. I think, you know, maybe between episodes, I think, you know, went and got some water, maybe got a snack, you know, because it was also dinner time at some point. I had blown past that. You know what I mean? But four and a half, cake. Just done like i think i texted you when I, I was like ending the third episode or something like that and then like i felt like i blinked and it was over like i was just like what the fuck just happened and i mean also if you ever need a lesson in having a fucking killer ass soundtrack man oh, it's this fucking show dude i jumped on itunes yeah. and i'm so pissed at marvel right now because you know what Marvel does for their soundtracks for this shit? They've got a volume one and a volume two of the Miss Marvel soundtrack. And you're like, okay, it's all the score though. None of it are the oh. fucking bangers they put in the show, dude. None oh, of it is. Really? That yeah. makes me sad. Cause I was going to go look for the soundtrack. Dude, I wanted that so bad. You just get this fucking album of just, Pakistani and Arab fucking bombs, dude. And oh, that's a terrible fucking line. I should never have said that. Uh just you get these these songs that are fucking amazing. And then also a random ass Bon Jovi song. Like 
it ties perfectly yeah. into the show. And I've got nothing necessarily against Bon Jovi. I've just been probably the most apathetic person ever towards Bon Jovi. I just never gave a fuck that they existed. <laughs> and they made me like one of their fucking songs. Just because they put it through a fucking badass fight sequence. Oh, and yeah. I love that. Like, just, I can't speak enough about how much I loved this music. Like, I've got a list. And I'm going to have to go back. Because once I realized I couldn't buy the soundtrack, I started shazamming all the songs. So that I'm going to essentially buy this soundtrack by buying all of the songs. So I'll, I'll let you know what all these songs were, Justin. So you might at least be able to go find your favorites. Cause I was just like, I'm going to have to start back on episode one. I'm just going to start this series over and just have Shazam ready. Like, yep, that's one of the ones I want. And just get okay. all of these songs. Please give me that list. Cause they are dude, missing. I, a I want golden to have some of these. Yeah, for sure. They're missing a golden opportunity. To fucking steal my money from me. I, I, I want to give you my money, Disney Marvel. I want to. I know you've got to then distribute it to some of these artists too, but I want to give you my money. And you just refuse to allow me to pay you money. What kind of fucking business sense does that make? Anyway. Like you said, acting superb. Oh, I fucking loved it. Uh, Iman, Iman? What's her name? Iman. Yeah. Iman. Fucking loved her. I needed her in so much more shit now. I need at least three more movies and two more TV series in the next year with her. She's fucking And she's like basically a virtual unknown, right? Oh, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, like she's not. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't really have anything big to her name at the point at that point, you know? Okay. Um, also, huge nerd. Apparently, she would text Kevin Feige like shit that he was wrong about in the shows. Like, apparently, yep. after she watched Multiverse of Madness, she texted him going, the MCU is not Universe 616. That's the comics. And he's like, no, it's also for the... And he, she's like, no, it's not. The movie universe already has a designation. It's not 616. She's like, she's mad at... Like, she's texting Kevin Feige. Dude, you fucked up. Oh, I love it. Down for it. Yeah. Yeah. I heard about some of this. Like she will text him and talk to him about stuff that says she's like, man, well, in the comic, it's this. And that's really awesome. And I and there's a little thing on Disney Plus, like something about before you watch Miss Marvel or getting to know Miss Marvel or something like that. And when I found out that she was just this avid comic book fan and that she has grown up reading the Miss Marvel comics, like it just, it made so much sense why she was so good at this. Like it just all made so much sense. Well, I she knows to, this character inside out. Yeah. I need to go back and watch that then. Cause yeah, I didn't know that existed. I don't spend a lot of time on Disney plus. Uh, so yeah, I need to go back and watch it. Cause I just want to see more of her. She's fucking great. Like she's just got this energy and this magnetism and charisma that just leaps from your screen when you watch her. Oh, it's fucking great. You know, 
Her friends were really good too. Her parents. Oh, her parents are fucking fantastic. Some of the best loved, written oh. parents in TV. Oh, I love it. And they have to be. I think that they have to be on that list. Like, I loved her family, man. I loved how the narrative got me to care about each and every one of them. Anytime one of them was talking, they weren't just saying some bullshit. Anytime they had a concern, it felt like a real concern. And sometimes you felt for them like, man, I don't think this is right. Like, you know, I was like, man, Kamala, like, did you have to say that? Like, something, yeah. you, it got to the point to where you were even feeling for them. At the same time, you understood what Kamala was doing, but you felt for them, too, because you you knew they were good parents. Like, this was just so great. This was great. And then her friends, too. The, the, the same thing with them. You know, they had their own little journeys and they found a way to get you to even care about those little things. So anytime somebody was on the screen, you were just like, oh, what is this character doing? Or what is what is she doing now? Or what is she going to say? Or what is he going to say? Or, you know, man, it was just so good in that way. Just everyone. I just I just cared about them so much. I just wanted to see them when they weren't on screen. I was wondering what they were doing like. And that's the mark of a good show. It really is. Man, that scene. And this, I mean, this isn't a spoiler, but man, that scene when her parents were like, you could go to Avenger Con, but you have to go with your dad and you got dressed like the Hulk. And dude, when she hurt her dad's feelings, I was like, man, you go apologize to that face. man right now. Because you felt it. Yeah. He was so yeah. good at selling that. Oh, my God. Just you Man, felt his heartbreak. He, yeah, you did. You really felt. I felt for him so much. And her mother, man, like. God, I loved her mother. That was like, such a great arc they had for her. Like, yeah, you felt like she was going to be the typical Islamic over controlling mother and just Mm -hmm. the way they told her arc. And then you got to see the reasons behind it. And then her realizing the error of her ways, but then also explaining to her daughter that like some of it's still not going to change because it is who we are. Yeah. You know, that's, it's our culture. It's our, our religion. It's our family. Some of that won't change, but some of it will. And like, when you get to see that whole breakdown and that's that story she had, Oh man, that scene when they're in Pakistan and sitting at that table together, eating that toffee, fucking glorious scene. Glorious. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that scene with that didn't even uh, have Kamala in it when it's the mom talking with her mom. Oh, yeah. Fucking great. Yeah. Great. Great. And it didn't overstay its welcome. No crazy, over-the-top, you know, melodramatic dialogue where you're just like, oh, my God, okay, we get it. We understand. They don't like each other. Or, oh, okay, we get it. They don't. It was nothing like that, man. You just felt for them. You just, it. everything felt so genuine and just, oh, I, I understand the mom more now. I see why she's like this. And then you're, but then you're listening to the grandmother and you're like, well, I understand why she's like this too. It it was great, man. 
It was well, just yeah. you got to you got just a little bit more insight into the character of the mom because I mean at this point the grandmother is a slightly new character in the series. You know when that's happening, but you get more insight into the mom, which explains more of her relationship with Kamala and. And how that's, you know, expanded the Kamala character. So it's just really fucking great that you got that little scene. And like you said, it didn't stay too long. It just kind of really bridges that gap just super fucking well in just such a genuine way, too. And then when you get that mirror conversation with Kamala and her mom later, oh, fuck, it just it seals the deal. It does that whole full circle element. And you get our main character in that in that same type of scene, and it just really builds so much off of that establishment scene of of the mother and grandmother. Oh, it's just fucking fantastic! I mean, in so many ways, shapes, or forms, as far as the TV series goes, or as far as the MCU goes, especially for this year and everything like that. I mean, Miss Marvel to me is the everything, everywhere, all at once of the MCU, especially of the the TV series. Came out of nowhere, bright fucking colors, great fucking family dynamic, fucking stellar ass acting, great fucking music, surprise performances, just everything about it just kind of fucking was the same to me. And man, that's loved, a great comparison. I loved everything. Dude, and even then, I loved the fight sequences in this show because they did such a great job of melding that the fight sequences of some really great choreography and also a fucking kid that just got powers. Didn't kind of know what she was doing. Had an experience with that yeah. was just reactionary with so much of it. Oh, they did such a great job of, of choreographing that. Yeah. And seeing her be so much more defensive because of, like you said, her being so new to the powers, a lot of it was just her trying to avoid and duck and dodge and blocking and just using her powers to deflect and try to get away. Like it was very apparent that that, that was very apparent, especially with the earlier fights. And then finally, when we get to it later and she's fighting a little more confidently, you see that too. It's it's just, it is exactly what an origin story should be. I mean, this is just a blueprint for what it should look like for a character. It should be something like this. You, you, you walk out and at the end of the day, you care about the character that was introduced. You're excited about where her powers can get because they didn't blow their load at this. They didn't show you the full potential of her powers. You can tell there's so much on the table with what she can do. And then on top of that, they established a family. They established friends and people that are so likable. You can't wait to see them again. You hope to see them again. Like what more can you ask for in an origin story like this? And hence why I said this is what Moon Knight should have been. Because I don't think Moon Knight is any of those things. I don't think it's terrible. It's just there is so mu- there was so much potential left when it was done. I don't feel that way with this. I think they maximized like 130% of the potential of this shit. Anyway, you... uh I feel like we need to move on because I think we're just yeah, getting so close to should. wanting to say shit. Uh, yes. Recommendations, of course. 
Yes. Recommendations and score. Since we don't have Heather, I'll go first. Change up a little bit. Cool. Uh, yeah, I can't recommend this enough. This is the first time I've watched something with this that I'm genuinely going, I want to watch this again. I need to watch this again. I think I rewatched some of the, the, the WandaVision. I rewatched a little bit of uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, but I felt like I was doing that to make sure I was on my A game from when we recorded. I want to just for funsies, just for my own entertainment wow. purposes, want to rewatch this again. How long has that been? Oh, that's been forever. And an MCU anything that you've just wanted to rewatch it for funsies. For funsies? For funsies sake? Winter Soldier? <laughs> Ragnarok, maybe? Ragnarok, I think, actually was the last time I watched it for funsies. Okay. When rewatched it just for fun's sake. Because uh, I have rewatched Black Panther for funsies. Uh, same with Civil War. You know, I've rewatched some of those, but like, I think Ragnarok, yeah. Might be the last time I rewatched it because I was like, you know what? That was just a good time. Let me rewatch that again. Ooh, that is so long ago. We've already gotten another Thor movie since then. Yep. Won't be watching <laughs> that one for funsies. That's for damn sure. <laughs> we got Moon Knight, my fucking favorite Marvel character of all time. Haven't rewatched a single damn thing of that. Got no plans on it either. Unless they go, unless I get a director's cut that fills in all the fucking bullshit I'm missing. Unless they go, man, <laughs> we're doing season one of Moon Knight again. We're adding four more episodes of it, though. All right, I'll rewatch that. But nope, this though, man, like it, it's effortless to watch it. Effortless. Like I said, Movies, I can't even watch necessarily like this. This just so cleanly goes along. And part of it, too, is that every end credits has an amazing song. And the intro to this is an amazing song. So I'm just going between episodes going, man, that's great. Just fucking getting it. And then before I know it, the next episode's already going. I'm already in it. Just not even thinking about it. Uh, But yeah, this, I can't recommend it enough. Like I said, to me, this is the MCU's version of everything everywhere all at once. Just a surprise, genuine, great family stories, great visuals, just everything about it. If you need to hear about that, Go to the last time me and Justin did a solo episode, which was that. Go listen to our, our review of that. It's the same. Like, it's, I can't speak highly enough of this. Yeah. I mean, dude, this is, it, it, it's, it's just like fucking Top Gun Maverick. Same thing. Great music, great action sequences, great acting, great story. It's the same thing to me. Like, this is just shit like this. To me, I feel is like why I we I wanted to do a podcast with you guys. Like watching shit like this and being fucking happy about it. You know, don't get me wrong. I do love shit talking a movie. 
I love <laughs> oh, it. Yes, you do. <laughs> but I don't feel like I love shit talking MCU movies. Because I used to like them. I, I, I see yeah. the potential there. And I just don't now. So it's like the fact that I we I get to love this. Just it like I said, it to me, this reminds me of why. I fucking liked the MCU to begin with. And of all things too, there's nothing I hate more than an origin story. Cause I feel like origin stories are the same formula all the fucking time. Mm. So the fact that this is an origin story and I loved it. Oh man. Just to me shows how great this is. Uh, I give this uh, 95 Packy Chans because that is one of the greatest lines of a song I've ever heard in my life. Let me said a Packy Chan. If you don't know what they're talking about, they're talking about Jackie Chan, but it's Pakistani. So it's Packy Chan. God, that's a fucking fabulous line. Uh, 95 of those out of 100. Uh, what Man, about you, Jess? How do we have the exact same score? Maybe I'll just give it an extra point since we had the exact same score. Um, no, I recommend this too. Man, this was tight, man. Like, I mean, we we said so much already in the non-spoiler. I don't think there's a point to really add any more. I'd rather just go ahead and get into the spoiler talk of it. So, yeah, highly recommend it. This is easily one of the best MCU shows, if not the best MCU show. I mean, it's it, it was great, man. And it's definitely the best Marvel thing I've seen this year. You know, it, it really is. It, it's the best Marvel anything I've seen this year, you know. So, yeah, I, I think I think it it gets that honor and it makes me happy for what's to come because it gives me hope. But it also makes me go, man. Why couldn't more stuff be like this? Like, why isn't more stuff like this? Like, why, uh, you know, and I hope that the effort that this team gave to make this more than just a story, but to make it an experience to actually educate you and to actually get you to care about these characters. I hope that that same effort and energy is put into some of these projects coming up. Because we got hella projects coming up. <laughs> so, I mean, God forbid that uh, we 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 don't get more stuff like this. Hopefully we get more stuff like this than more of the disappointing stuff or the stuff that's just okay or the stuff that just passes. You know, it makes a passing grade. You, you, you can go to the next class, but man, I know you didn't give the effort that you should have. So hopefully we get more stuff like this. With that being said, we'll give it a bonus point. So we'll go, uh, we'll go 96 um, Kamala Khan (laughs) intricate plans (laughs) where we go anywhere and everywhere and just all over her imagination. And it's a roller coaster ride. That's almost more fun than the actual taking action of the plan itself out of a hundred. Spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers. 
I cannot think of a better way to introduce fucking mutants to the MCU than this fucking show. Man. I know technically we get a little Easter egg of it with fucking, you know, Professor X and in, in, in Multiverse of Madness. I know they were talking about maybe like a lot of people are theorizing that maybe they'll do it with Deadpool 3, you know, because it's going to be in the MCU. All this shit. Man, when they drop that line, though, it's a mutation. I got skin crawls. I was like, okay. And I was like, we finally arrived here. And we I have just, finally arrived. I can't think of a better character to do it to. Cause it was just so fucking fun. And just to have that little cherry on top. It's fucking great. And then it ends with, yeah, you're a mutant. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Which and I know that there are some comic fans that are disappointed because they're like, well, she's an inhuman and this, that, and the other. But from what I understand, that Inhumans movie was terrible, right? The like, TV series, you mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a reason why it only lasted like three or four episodes. Okay. So, you know, that wasn't that great. And 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 guys, let's just be honest here. What 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 is the money maker? Is it the mutants? And the X-Men, or is it the Inhumans? Come on, guys. You know what this is. You, and I mean, who's to say that an Inhuman can't be a mutant or vice versa? Or kind of I mean, the same thing. Like, kind of the same I thing. mean, is it really that different, you know? So I think that this was a good, this was a good decision. So I even loved her reaction to it. At the end of the day, it's just going to wind up being another label. That was great, too, because it kind of harkens back to how the X-Men were treated. Like, this show was just the shit, man. Like. And that's and that's so in her character, too. Yeah. Being of the younger generation, yeah. being a Muslim, you know, being a kid, being a woman. It all fits. Like, to her, it's like, yeah, that's just another thing that I am. Okay. Like, I'm still me. Like, that's yeah. what it is. So, yeah, I love that mentality she had with it. But, I mean, you have to look at the further economics of it all, of the whole why she was an inhuman to begin with. Because there's so much more to it at the time. At the time when Kamala Khan was introduced in the comics, there was a big swing from mutants to inhumans. So, they were killing off a lot of mutants, and they were making a lot of inhumans. Inhumans. They were introducing hmm. no new mutant characters. Any character that would have been a mutant five years before that were inhumans. Why? Because at the time, Fox had the right to every mutant character that exists. So if you introduce a new mutant, Fox got the rights to it to a movie. But guess what? Inhumans, which were essentially a version, like a type of mutants that were just developed by I want to say the beyonder technically like it's his version of the mutants you know what I mean so it's somewhat one of the fucking random cosmic characters you know one of those fucking asshats it's like he genetically experimented on some shit and it made the inhumans and they're they're just kind of a cosmic version of mutants is what they fucking are so at the time when Miss Marvel's being introduced if they made her a mutant Fox got the rights to put her in a TV show. They got the rights to put her in a movie. So what were they doing? They were making everybody inhumans. Okay. 
But what happens now? They own the rights to mutants again. So guess what? She's a mutant. Because I think if they had done her story, if Disney owned the rights to mutants at that time, they would have done, she would have been a mutant. But that's just what they were doing with the comics. Anybody that would have been a mutant was an inhuman now. They did this whole thing where this gas was released on the planet. And this is part of her origin story where the Terrigen mist. Like, so that's the thing is inhumans are for all intents and purposes, just humans until they're exposed to the Terrigen mists. When they're exposed to the Terrigen mists, if they have the inhuman gene, they develop powers. And if they don't, I think actually they die, but, or no, they don't die. Um, but just nothing happens or I don't know. But anyway, Terrigen mist was released all over earth. So all these people develop powers. Like I said, okay. which was just normal people getting powers, which is what, Oh no mutants. That's what they did with the mutants for so long. You know, when you're becoming mm. a kid, you know, it's the same shit. So she got her powers. And when she's a teenager, which who else gets their powers when they're teenagers? I don't know the fucking mutants. Like I said, she would have everything the way she's written. She would have been a fucking mutant if they weren't doing that shit to intentionally fuck over how many characters Fox could get, but they wanted mutant S characters. So they were making them all inhumans. Just what they did. You know? Okay. Look at the economics of the shit. It's the same reason. Like, cause Marvel was fucking spiteful at that point. Cause they were back to being a success. And unfortunately too many other people had rights to their shit. So they did everything they could to skip that. It's the same reason. Like when Sony released a memorandum to their company going, Peter Parker will always be white. Peter Parker will, or Spider-Man will always be white. He'll be straight. He'll be this. He'll be that. Cause that's what the comics are. And then Marvel went, Oh really? And then the ultimate universe, they went, Oh, Peter Parker's dad, Miles Morales is now Spider-Man. Oh, you've got a, you know, half black, half Latino Spider-Man. You remove Sony with our not white Spider-Man. <laughs> it's the same thing. Marvel was incredibly spiteful. So yeah, to me, it makes complete sense that she's the introduction to mutants. Cause like I said, you look at everything about her character. She would have been a fucking mutant. And now, like I said, Disney, yeah. Disney has that. Now they're just not rewriting the comic character. That's all comic character. Still an inhuman. She's a mutant. Bam. Makes sense to me. Especially when you just look at the logistics of it all. You know? And with all that, the very, the the mid-credit sequence thing they did. uh, When she has some issues with her band, all of a sudden she swaps places with Captain Marvel. Uh, That ties into the comics a little bit. Not Miss Marvel. Not that I know of. Like I said, I don't know terribly much about her. But no. That falls in line with actually uh, Marvel's son, uh, Genesville. That when he was Captain Marvel, there was the character Rick James. Yeah, Rick James. Right? Yeah. I don't know. Rick Jones. Rick Jones, maybe? I don't remember. Anyway, technically the kid that Dr. Banner saved during the bomb there was the kid, the the hippie in the trench in the bombing area when they were testing the bomb, mm. and he goes to save the kid. That's Rick Jones. Yeah, it's Rick Jones. 
goes to save Rick Jones. So Rick Jones is kind of a sidekick character for a lot of comics for the Hulk, for I think technically for the Avengers a little bit. He's just some guy that fucking hangs out and helps him every once in a while. Uh, he gets his hands on the nega bands, which are these gold bangles. Like what she has one of. And if he bangs his wrists together, the bangles together, he swaps places with Captain Marvel, who is stuck in the negative zone. So they swap okay. places. So you kind of get a hint to that a little bit with this whole thing. What happens? She's got a band. They didn't name it anything. It's just a bangle. It's the band. And what happens? Something happens with it. She swaps places with a Captain Marvel. It's a little bit of a nod to that. Uh, because okay. I do think that she's going to end up getting in the, I do think in the, the Marvels, I think she's going to get the other band. I do think she's going to get, end up getting the MCU's version of the Nega bands. And I don't think she'll use them to swap places. I just think that they're using that as kind of a story, that part of the story Easter egg kind of hint towards things just to really tie her into why she will be in the Marvel's movie. Because outside of that, while yes, she is a fangirl of Captain Marvel, all this other stuff, there's not too much of a reason for her to all of a sudden join Captain Marvel doing cosmic shit. You know? Yeah. I think this is, they're going to use the Nega bands to tie her to Marvel to give her a little bit more of a cosmic play into why she'll interplay in that movie and stuff. Makes sense to me, whatever. But my greatest thing about that, the show didn't need it. It's just a little tie-in thing at the end. Yeah. Outside of that, just a fangirl. Fucking fantastic. Loved it. Yeah. And, you know. and all of that. And, and, you know, we got a little answers to some questions. Because we're always speculating, okay, how does the public know things and stuff like that? I, I, I'm glad that they even, as she was doing her little TikTok or her YouTube video, whatever she was doing, um, she was talking about how she listens to Ant-Man on podcast. And he was talking about Captain Marvel and what she did and how she turned the tide of the fight and stuff like that. So even like that kind of little stuff, that's a little thing. But now we're like, okay, so, you know, it it just kind of confirms things that we thought earlier. Like people are talking to the media. You know, these guys are, um, are, these guys are doing certain things in the media and telling these stories to the public. So, you know, it's just another thing that sort of lends itself to it. And the thing I kind of liked about that is like, yeah, that's actually been a complaint I've had about some of the other shit. I'm like, how does everybody fucking know everything that's going on with this shit? Yeah. And I like that they used Ant-Man because I'm like, yeah, no, if anybody's going to be just saying shit because they just don't know any better or don't care or just kind of have a fuck the man kind of mentality a little bit. Yeah, it's Ant-Man. Yep. So I'm like, if anybody's just because that's also Paul Rudd. You know what I mean? If anybody's just considering and just say shit, it's Paul Rudd. So I'm like, I could just see that, you know, it's just, that's the type of character that Ant-Man is. So if anybody's just going to be talking about like cool shit, they saw and giving up kind of technically what would be classified information and all this other stuff. Yeah. It's Ant-Man. Okay. That actually tracks really actually, yeah, makes a lot of sense. 
because that's just what I could see that character doing. And it's, I could, I, whenever they did that, I could just sit there and I, in my head, I just pictured Paul Rudd sitting on a podcast. I'm like, just like this, just going, yeah. And then Captain Marvel came out of the sky and just went right through Thanos' ships and they went in and fucking punched him in the face. And I could just picture Paul Rudd saying all the things she said, Ant-Man said, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just totally instantly just wearing like a baseball cap and just talking. Yep. Know? Yep. He's got a ball cap on and yep. Y- yeah. You could totally see it. And it also helps us to understand her character too, because you know, just being, uh, being a woman and you could see how she gravitated to that. Like she's talking about the whole space invasion and stuff like that. But what stood out to her was that this woman came in and really just turned the tide of this battle. That meant something to her, you know, that, that this person could be just as impactful as some of the other superheroes in that fight and everything like that. And you could just tell by how she was narrating that and everything they showed you was just so fun. Her little doodles coming to life and, every, and how they were depicting all that was just great. It was a visual feast. But in her words and how she said it and how she was acting with the admiration she had for Captain Marvel, you could sense that that meant something for her. You know, you, you could just you you felt all of that in just what she was saying. Oh, yeah. And I. And that's what made also that little end thing with Captain Marvel just even like a little bit more of a treat is all of a sudden she is in a room filled with posters of her. She yeah. was probably out in fucking like another planet doing Captain Marvel shit. And all of a sudden she is in a teenage girl's room filled with posters of her. And Brie did such an amazing job of a showing just the utter perplexity of the situation and that what the fuck am my face is all over this, this room, just like the gobsmackedness of it all. Oh, Brie did such a fucking amazing job. People need to get over that bullshit. She's fucking fantastic as Captain Marvel. And I'm not gonna lie. This made me want to go back and watch Captain Marvel again a little bit. Yeah. Gonna have to. I got, I got to, yeah. I got to be ready, man. I got to be ready for the Marvels. Do, do you know how long it's been since a, a Marvel things maybe want to go back and watch a different Marvel thing, let alone itself. <laughs> like <laughs> Thor made Thor love and thunder made me want to go watch Ragnarok. I didn't yet, but it makes me want to watch Ragnarok. Cause I, I want to watch a good Thor movie. And th- but this makes me want to watch it again, but then makes me want to go back and watch Captain Marvel. Cause I liked Captain Marvel. Yeah. This, I mean, it was before I was burned out on the MCU a little bit because I was a little lower because this was after Infinity War and I was a little lower than you guys on Infinity War. But I did, I genuinely, I think I gave Captain Marvel like an 80. It was a good movie. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. It was good. Want to go watch it again because of this. Because it just, you, you feel her energy. You feel her energy. Towards that character, it it fucking seeps into you a little bit. You get that that Captain Marvel fandom. It 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 seeps into your pores a little bit. You you feed off her energy towards that character. 
Yeah. And it was different from like, and, and, and in my opinion, it's a little more relatable, like, cause it's fandom. I, I, yeah. Cause it's fandom. And exactly. And, and I think that that's the point of it because like, when Peter Parker was looking up to Captain America and Iron Man and stuff like that, that's a little different that that's almost that's like, a mentorship. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was a little, that was a different thing, but this is more relatable because we are fans. You know, we know what it's like to have fandom for a favorite character. You know what it's like to go to a con and go dress up. And boy, I was jealous of that con. I was like, man, look at all that fun shit they were doing, man. Man, why can't cons be like that? Though, if superheroes really existed, hell yeah, it should be like that. You know what I mean? Like, there'd be statues and all kinds of crazy shit. But man, I wanted to be there so bad. Oh, yeah. And I heard during filming, a lot of that stuff was legit stuff, like comic books and posters from artists and stuff like that. Like, um, uh, Iman, she told this story about how when they were filming, they would get distracted constantly because there was so much cool shit on set. Oh, yeah. Like, but that's also the easiest way to do it. Go, hey, guys, come be extras in our little NMCU Comic-Con. Yeah. Come do your Comic-Con shit for the MCU. Oh yeah, people line up fucking left and right. I'd probably still do that. I'm I'm the most apathetic towards the MCU person ever. And I'd be like, I'd go do that. Yeah. But I mean, like what you were saying, Justin, I mean, even to this day, I know I didn't like I know I didn't like Moon Knight the show. I know I didn't. You know what? Look at this. What's my fucking background? I'm trying to get it to where it's not glaring the light. That's fucking Moon Knight. Like yep, that is a I fucking Moon Knight picture still. Okay, it still hasn't stopped me from going. I love Moon Knight, so I get yeah. it. And, and when you have that type of character in this, be your character like that's your tie to this universe or this show is through her, and you feel her fandom. Like I said, yeah, yeah. that made me want to go fucking watch Captain Marvel because I want. I was like, yeah. yeah, I liked that movie. I want to, and, and it's. I want to go watch and it. it's like you're you're like so excited for her to meet Captain Marvel. Because in your mind, you're thinking, man, how cool would it be to actually meet my favorite character? That scene. And she gets to do it. That scene is what I'm looking forward to the most about the Marvels. Yeah, right. Exactly. Captain Marvel. I am pumped for yeah. that scene. In that show. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's going to be fucking great. You're going to have Captain Marvel being like, what the fuck is this girl doing? And Miss Marvel just be like fucking bear hugging her like she's fucking Zangief. Yep. Yep. Her her powers are probably going to act up a little bit because she's just so fucking emotionally all over the place that she's going to lose control of her powers a little bit. Not hurt her, but you know what I mean? Like she's going to like she's going to grow her big hands, you know? So like her hands are going to wrap around them like eight times because she's just hugging her. You know? Yeah. Fangirling the fuck out of that. Oh, it's going to be. I, I can't wait for it. I cannot wait for that scene because I just I just know. Because 
even if it's not this director that did or this showrunner or this writer that did it, just that she's in it, I know she'll bring the right energy. They they mm-hmm. won't they won't be able to write her energy. She'll bring it regardless. And I just feel like in my heart of heart, I just feel that if the director's like, no, the scene won't play out like that. She's like, oh no. That's how this scene's gonna go down. Cause that's what yeah. my character would do. Yeah. So that's this scene. And the director's gonna be like, well, no, we wrote it like this, and she's gonna text Kevin. Go get your boy to understand this is how this scene's going. Not because she's being a diva about it, because she's like, no, that's what my character would do. And that's what my character will do. Yeah, because the person playing this character is a real fan. And there's something about that authenticity, man. You felt it. You felt her fandom because the person really does have it. It just so... There's a relatability that she has that is unlike any other character in this or any other character I've gotten to learn about and experience so far, because that's something that can connect with any comic book fan. Like that that's a connection that the other characters, you can't connect with those other characters like you can with her in that way. That's just special to her. You know, that's very unique to this Miss Marvel character. So I'm glad we talked about that. Yeah. And I'm so glad that they, they showed it in this too. That they showed that that's an integral part of this character. And I I want to move on a little bit. Um, Did you feel like, I felt like when they cast her as Miss Marvel, they went, Hey, who are your like three closest friends? And she went, these people, and they went, they're hired. Yes. It did feel like that. Because they just felt like lifelong best friends. They did. I mean, for all I know, and I know this isn't true, but I mean, they did such a good job in this. I feel like they cast her parents. That's her brother. That's his her brother's wife. You know, like, like, hey, who are people that go to the mosque you attend? Let's hire them too. Hey, who's your favorite Euro guy? Oh, let's go hire that guy. Because they all felt... Like they have known each other for their entire lives. Like those people, like I said, they felt like her parents. I mean, no disrespect whatsoever to her actual parents, but fuck that felt like her parents. Yeah. <laughs> I genuinely thought that like for like, I would forget that it's a TV show and those aren't her parents. Cause fuck, they felt like it just every bit of it. And I just, I loved so many of the relationships. I know we talked about it earlier, but I cannot talk more about how, or can't, I cannot not talk more about how much I loved the dynamics with her father. And that scene where she hurts his feelings. Like I said, I was like, I'm just sitting there going, go apologize to your father. Yeah. You hurt his feelings. And then, oh, that last scene though. Oh man. When they're on the roof. Oh man. That scene, and this is how you know it's an emotionally great scene, because it gets borderline cheesy, but never gets cheesy. Yeah. It skirts it. It skirts it, but never quite goes there. So it feels authentic. You know, because that's just such a great scene. 
Ooh, ooh. In that scene when she's trying to tell her family that she's Miss Marvel. Oh, man. Oh, that was a that fucking was great, great scene. She's like, yeah. you already know. It's like, well, yeah, mom told dad. You know, dad, dad's just sitting there on speakerphone. And I just, I loved his reaction to it, too. He's not trying to defend himself. He's just like, oh, speakerphone's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that was just so great. And then the brother going, oh, you are like his sarcastic oh, way of great. acting. And it, it's like such a brotherly thing to do. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Uh, I, you're a superhero. I'm still going to give you some shit. Like, oh, yeah. And then there was just all the little things like that, too. Like how your family, like people just know what buttons to press. They're just giving you shit. Like when they first landed in Pakistan and the mother walks up to uh to, to grandmother and she's like, what's wrong with your skin? You know, have you been on one of those diets of yours? And I'm like, man, moms. Always talking shit. <laughs> oh yeah, and it's just, just, and and it just like, and I love that too. That and it's the brother's not even in the scene, but this it, it shows how well the show's written because at the end, whenever he finds she finds out she's a mutant, and she's like, "Well, why did you even go back over my, you know the DNA stuff again?" And she's like, it's Bruno's like, oh, because your brother's been hounding me constantly to see if he has powers too. Yeah. The brother's not even in the scene, but whenever they describe that moment, when he says that about the brother character, you can instantly picture the brother in the mind doing it. Like in your mind, you can picture the brother doing it because the character is so well written and so well performed that you inherently picture that in your head. You, and you go, yeah, he would do that, wouldn't he? He would so fucking do it. Yep. This character's been around for four and a half hours. This character's only existed for six hours of or six episodes of television. And you're so familiar with him. That you, yeah. you get it. You're just like, yep. Brothers, am I right? Like you said, moms. It's... You do that with every character in this because they are expertly written and performed. And it's just, it's amazing. And that's why I think I love this show so much is this, this show also, one thing I love is it doesn't spoon feed you Islam. Nope. It, it does what the wire did. It just throws you into a Muslim community. And goes well in a, in a Muslim household and Muslim characters, and goes catch the fuck up. Yep, this yep. is it. This is what it is. This is what they do. They go to mosque. This is the kind of celebrations they have. This is what they're doing to go to this wedding. This is what an this is what an Eid is. I was learning things like okay, so they call younger people beta. Like you, you were just picking things. I knew none of this shit, man. Like, I I swear, I felt like I was learning something at the same time. Like, okay, so that's that that's something that they say when they refer to each other and stuff like that. And it's so interesting to, like, go on comment sections and stuff like that. And when you see Muslim people commenting about this show, they're like, yep, that's totally right. Yep. 
I have a mom and she does that too. She'll make noises like that or she'll chant little things and stuff when she hugs and stuff like that. Or they'll go, yep, that's exactly something that we've gone through and stuff like that. Or like the Nokia character, the friend who was trying to um, run for that, run for like a council position and everything. And just some of the stuff that she would say, like, well, when damage control tried to investigate us and stuff like that, you know, it was a lot of trying to put good Muslim versus bad Muslim, you know, that whole trying to put the culture against itself. She was so great about pointing out little things like that, but not in a preachy way. It's like you said, you were just thrown into a Muslim household and this is what they go through. This is how they talk. This is what their life is. And it never felt like it strayed away from that or in any way tried to force that on you. It was more like, this is what it is. This is what they go through. This is what one of these people living, these these are some of the hardships of a person that is from this culture living in America right now. And they showed all of that or a character expressed that. Like when, like when Nakia was like, you know, for some people, I'm, too white to to be part of the culture and then for other people I'm too ethnic to be an American so finally I was just like man I'm just gonna be who the fuck I am that was some real shit like yeah you just felt all of that man like all of that was just and it just felt so authentic it wasn't like the lesson here, guys, is that we should, it never, ever felt like that. It was just like, damn, okay, girl, you do your shit then. I, I get it. All right. All right, Nakia, you do your thing. And then we were moving on to the next scene, you know? See, and the thing I love the most about this show, and it's why, and I know we've talked about it before, why, like, certain movies, certain characters, certain whatever, I've got zero interest in watching it. because. It's the story of a straight white man. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I've a seen that movie 90 billion times. And on top of that, it's my life. I know exactly what it's like to be a straight white man. I, I know about, I guess you could say the hardships. There's not really many. There's not. (laughs) I've got personal hardships in my life. Hmm. None of them have been because I'm white, straight, or a man. Never. That's never equated into my hardships of my life. You know, but they're, they're, I, I'm not going to say I haven't had hardships. I've, you know, I'm a person. Of course you have. I've had yes. hardships. But like I said, never been because of those things. I've no hardships whatsoever. Not going to lie, it's kind of easy. You know, even even in this day and age. When people are wanting to, uh, you know, just kind of discredit things because I'm a straight white man. I I get it. Doesn't even offend me because I get it. Because like I said, my story essentially has been told so many fucking times. You know, it's it doesn't phase me one bit when somebody goes, well, that's the opinion of a straight white man. Because I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's. 
that's kind of been the opinion of the world for how long? Like yep, not even America. Cause that would discredit all the straight white men from Britain colonizing the world or the East India company from the Netherlands. And you know, it's, we had a good run. We had a good run. It's fine. You, you could say mm-hmm. shit about straight white men. It's fine. Cause I'm not gonna lie. It didn't even really affect me that much. You know, my life doesn't change because of it. Really. I actually agree with you and my life still doesn't change. <laughs> so then you watch something like this and that's why I love it. Cause like you said, you get to learn about another culture. You get to see what life's like in another culture. I love it. That's entertaining to me because I don't know this shit. And I actually know it. A, not a lot, but I know a, a decent amount uh, uh, about Islam. I, I, I've read the Quran. I've studied Islam. I've actually lived my life by Islamic principles for a while and stuff like that. So I get it. Like, and so, so I have a little bit of experience with it, but still nothing like growing up in it, being an actual Arab or any of those things. Like I don't, I can't relate to any of that, but I, I some of that. And I still, I was still learning stuff in this, you know, and that, and to me, that's, that's, what's entertaining. That's what's engrossing about the story, learning things about yeah. people that I can't possibly just know from living my life. Exactly. Living my life. Yeah. I can never know what it's, it's directly like to be a teenage Muslim American in the year 2022. I can, I can never actually experience it, but I'm so thankful. I get things like this, that I get a glimpse into it. I get to learn a little bit about it. That's, that's the, those are the stories I love. Even if it's not 100% perfect, accurate or anything like that, you feel like they tried to do their best to show you at least a glimpse. And I love that. I, I enjoyed that. Oh, like that wedding. Ooh. Ooh. I mean, I know I'm already, I've already got, I've already gotten married. I'm, I'm, I'm going through a divorce, but ooh, that made me want to get married again. Man, ooh. that looked fun. Oh my gosh. How fun did that look? Oh, oh, like I said, it made me want and to get married And how great again. was the music? It was so colorful. Everybody was just having a great time. I was so, I wanted to be there. I wanted to be there. Like, that's what I can say about this show, man. Yeah. I wanted to be there, or you know, uh, man. I, I, th- th- I think that's the best thing I can say about it, man. It was so colorful. It was so energetic. It was so like just engrossing. I wanted to be there. I was like, I wish, I wish I could go. I wish I could be there. <laughs> it was great. Man. I'm right there with you, man. I mean. I know you live your life alcohol free and everything like that, but I was watching that wedding and I'm like, man, you can have fun at a wedding and not get drunk. That's crazy. (laughs) I know that's every wedding you've ever been to. Nope. I have gotten shit faced at like the last (laughs) six weddings I've gone to, including my own. (laughs) When I went to our friend Katie's wedding, I, it was that was a cash bar. So I had to pay for my drinks. It wasn't even a, an open bar where it's free. I paid for all my drinks. I dropped over $400 at that wedding's bar. 
Now, over a hundred of that was tips at the end of the night because I was drunk as shit. But I was buying rounds for people. I mean, uh, towards the end of that night, I'm walking up there getting 10 shots because I'm giving them away. Like, just because, yeah. But I was shit-faced. Shit-faced at my wedding. Shit-faced at my cousin's wedding. Shit-faced at my other cousin's wedding. Yeah, I've been very drunk at the last few weddings I've gone to. (laughs) <laughs> and they had so much fun and no alcohol, no alcohol to be found at that wedding. It looked fun as shit. I mean, yeah. And just the little dance numbers and how they have everybody participating in those. It wasn't like, okay, we need to get, you know, we need to get Iman Villani. We need to get her in here so that we can kind of spotlight her it never, it, those scenes never felt like that. It felt like, hey, here is a taste of, of this culture. Yeah. And look she how was, much fun they're having. And she was look in at, it. Look at what they're doing. Yeah. And she was in it because that's what she wanted to do. Because, A, that's her brother's wedding. But it's, it is, like you said, it's part of her culture. And so that's what she did it because that's what, I mean, that's, she wanted to. Like, that's a part of, like, that's what she want. You know, it's not, it didn't feel like that forced thing. But even then, I liked Bruno in it. A little bit too, because like it showed, yeah, how long he's been around that family. Like no one was like, "Why the fuck is Bruno dancing?" They're like, "Oh shit, Bruno's even doing it," because he's a part of this family too. Yeah, you know, yeah. And I loved that aspect of it. And it wasn't they they didn't do the whole oh let's showcase the white kid doing all this. He was just a part of the scene. Yeah, yeah, and that was great. Yeah. And it didn't feel like it just didn't feel fake, man. Like you said, because it could have easily been, oh, look at the white kid doing it, too. Look at him getting down, too. They never it never felt like that with Bruno ever. And nothing ever felt bullshitty like that. You know what I mean? It just felt like you said it just always felt like he was a part of the family. And even and everybody was interacting with him, too. I like that, too. Like. There were scenes where he was talking with the brother and they had good scenes where he was talking with the mother and they did, you know, and they had a meaningful scene or he was talking with the father like that's and I can't state enough how. How important that is for this show, they just made the interactions count. It didn't matter who was with who her friend Nakia when she was talking to Bruno like they just did such a great job in making those interactions count. Just all the time. Yeah. And I think it's funny too, that like I saw this TikTok talking about the show and it was specifically the, the end fight sequence against damage control where they essentially home alone out that school. Yeah. That essentially her plan was essentially to use Bruno's white privilege a little bit to benefit them by him being the final distraction for damage control Knowing that they weren't going to kill the kid. Oh, but they yeah. did knock him the fuck out. They did. They though. straight fucking yeah, he got, pistol whipped his ass with that gun. I'm like, that is a yeah, child. Man, he got melee. That is a child. And you yeah. tried to Mortal Kombat fatality that kid. I know, man. That was a melee for your ass. That was some Halo Call of Duty. That was a melee for your ass. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, damage control gave no fucks that they were shooting at children. I don't give a fuck if they're super powered or not. You are shooting at children. 
And I did. I loved that too. I loved, I loved that whole scene of using social media to get the community involved, to come there to say, fuck damage control. Oh, I loved all that shit. Like it felt so right, especially in today's climate and everything like that. It felt so right that this community was essentially able to tell this government agency that was going drastically further than they should. And encroaching on the rights of these citizens and the community stood up to him and going, fuck you. Oh, that felt so good. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, man. These are, these are kids at the end of the day that these are kids that you haven't confirmed you, you don't know, you don't know enough yet. So, and I like how the, the, the female agent, man, I forget what her name was in this, but how Devers, I think. Devers, yes, I, th- I think you're right. How pressing Devers was, but I like how there, how the other guy was like, "Hey, you know, slow your roll. We don't need to do it this way. This is going to be bad press." He wasn't saying we aren't going to go after him, but he, but I liked how he was trying to be smart about it, a little sneakier about it. Like, look, this just isn't a good time to try to apprehend. There's too many eyes. You know, this is not going to look good. And she just had to, you know, she just had to try. So I even like the back and forth with that, you know, they weren't villains necessarily. And and that was another thing I think that was good about this too. There were antagonizing people and principles, but there wasn't like this. Ha ha twist my mustache super villain. And I kind of like that. I like how that wasn't in here, you know? Yeah. They, they all had understandable reasons. Like even yeah. damage control, because essentially you had two kids with powers that obviously weren't in control of them. Yes. And that can be a dangerous situation for a lot of people. I liked even yeah, the uh, and you had that building blow up, you know, like that, that, that there was that building that got damaged. So there were some legit concerns. Yeah. And then I, uh, the clandestine weren't really villains. They were people from another dimension that wanted to go home. Yeah. They just wanted to go home. And then on top of that, when it came down to it and they had to choose between going home and essentially destroying the other universe because of what would happen if they did go home, they chose not to because they didn't want to hurt people. They didn't want to kill people. They just wanted to go home. And when it came down, like I said, when it came down to it and it would be, you'd murder billions of people if you went home, they didn't because ultimately they weren't willing to pay that price to even just go home. And that's relatable. Yeah. yeah. You know, like that was understandable. And, you know, and I was really happy that they didn't have the son, Cameron, go full villain at the end of this. Because a lesser show yeah. would have. A lesser yeah. show would have had him go, but my mom's dead. I'm alone. These people want to hurt me, so I'm going to hurt them. Like he had a little bit of that, yeah. but that's understandable. He was emotionally going through the fact that he just found out his mom was dead. He was emotionally going through the fact that he just developed powers like a day before that. He was going through the fact that this government agency is trying to stop and or kill him. 
you know, he was going through so much. Yeah, there was some craziness. But in the end, he listened to Kamala. And he didn't go the shitty route and didn't go the typical. I'm going to be a bad guy route. Yeah. And a lesser show would have done it. And I'm so happy they didn't. Yeah. You know, because they were able to show complexities of a situation and complexities of emotions and complexities of relationships and not go the cheap route. They did exactly what the show had dictated they should do. And that's great. Exactly. Great writing, great directing, great producing all around. Yeah. We don't have to get the same thing every time. We don't have to get this band of evil Muslim people or Pakistani people. We we don't have to get that. You, You know, you don't have to do that. You, you don't have to do that. You don't have to have these, or like I said, the mustache twirlers. You don't have to have that in every story. And this felt so refreshing because it just wasn't there. And, and, and I mean, yes, a good villain can make a good superhero movie, series, story, whatever we're talking about. But you can also force that shit, too. And well, there's a reason why the MCU forced. There's a reason why the MCU does have a problem with villains. They do force it a little bit too much sometimes. Yeah, because they they go. Yeah, there has to be a villain. Yep. And and like you said, that's why our 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 kind of our defenders were up, you know, towards the end of this because it felt like, like you said, that would have been the easy choice. That would have been the easy thing to do. Oh, now we got a villain. They have uh, powers that are similar. Here we go. Big CGI. Let's fight each other with alike powers. And they found a way to avoid just doing that bullshit again. They found a way. You know, she wasn't trying to fight him more than she was just trying to stop. She was both trying to stop the damage control but she was trying to stop him from <laughs> killing people and just yeah. wrecking stuff and doing something. So it was like she, so it was like this delicate balance she was trying to perform. And so you really felt for her, even in those moments, like what everything she was trying to do, you know, I'm not going to lie though, too. Whenever I saw that her powers were kind of like blue and energy based, I was like, Oh God, we're going to get another fucking blue beam shooting towards the sky at some point. I'm so glad we didn't. No, we didn't. I was just, no, dude, we didn't. So many things about this. I was so afraid we were just going to get some typical superhero tropes or some typical Marvel tropes with it. And they really just went away from a lot of that. And like you said, yeah. they, they focused on just telling a good story with the hero getting her powers. They, it didn't bother you that there's not a villain. There's not an evil Kamala, you know? And I was also worried about that because the, the son ended up having some similar powers to her. And I was like, great. We're just going to get a Kamala versus Kamala battle. It's, yep. I thought, I thought that was where they're going and they did do a little bit of it, but it wasn't quite the same. And the, the motives weren't the same and the ending wasn't the same. 
So while you did get a little bit of the hero fighting a similar hero or similar character aspect a little bit, they changed just enough to make it work better, to not feel the same, to feel like you said, refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. You saw the similar ingredients, but it was just executed so much better. And that's really a testament to this show. Just when it was, they just executed things so much better. You know, it it, it was, that's really is the biggest testament to the show. Even when a trope was emerging or presenting itself or something like that, they just had a little way of doing it. You know, there are mother-daughter talks in every single damn thing with families. <laughs> every single damn thing. There are mother-daughter misunderstandings in every single damn thing in the world that is things. We see it all the damn time. But man, they had a way of executing these things. You could go on TV right just, now and just flip through channels. And you will find at least nine different mother-daughter conversations right now. Because that's how many times it's been done in TV history. Some of them, you might come across the same show in just different seasons doing the same shit. And this one's better. One episode I was worried about this is there's that time travel episode in this. Where they do the flashback and she's transported to it. I'm like, great, we're getting that sci-fi TV trope of somebody getting transported to the past. And it's something tied into their history. And it's just going to be them sitting there through the whole thing. And it's just like, oh, I know what's going to happen, but I can't tell them this and all this other stuff. And we didn't get that. She tied in just a little bit to it. And they made it tie into the story that was there. And it's kind of as soon as she went back in time, I knew she was going to be the one that saved her grandmother. But it played out the exact same way it was supposed to. Because that's what it was. She, her grandmother's story was her going back in the past, you know, and they did it in just a nice enough way that I didn't hate that episode. I didn't completely love it because it's a terrible sci-fi trope. I've seen 90 billion times with the amount of sci-fi I've watched, (laughs) but I did not hate this episode of it. I didn't. It it did just enough, and it, it added to the clandestines' motivations a little bit. It added to the, the family's story a little bit, which adding to their story adds to Kamala's story. And it sealed the deal with that whole story with the grandmother that caused the falling out with her and her daughter, which caused the issues between her and uh, her mom and Kamala. So it did just enough to tie all that together a little bit neater than it was tied before that. So it didn't hurt the overall story of the show. It just tied the family story together a little bit better. Give it a little bit crisper of a bow. And in the end, I, yeah. I think it worked, but it worked more than it didn't work. That was probably my least favorite episode of the series, but not completely in a negative way. It's, there's six episodes. There's got to be one worst. And it's not even, it's not like it's the worst episode of television I've watched. It's just the worst of six. There's got to be one that's worse than the rest, you know? And so it, it overall it worked and they tied it in better than most shows do when they do that same fucking thing. 
a yeah. lesser show would have fucked it up more. And I, I love the way that one episode, I, I, I think it was this one too. I love the way that it started though, where, you know, we're seeing the Marvel logo like we always do, but then it goes black and white and it looks all vintage. And then it was given the history lesson about um, the partition. Yeah. The partition and what happened with that and just kind of, and it was brief. It did. It was not preachy. They just gave it to you and said, this is what people were going through. And then you got to see the great, grandmother Aisha you know you got to see her kind of what happened and who she met and starting a life and all of that stuff and how that came in conflict with the clandestines with them trying to go back like so it just and and all of that was good stuff too you know just spending a little time with her to understand what she was too and I appreciated that because in a lesser narrative, that would have just been a character mentioned that we never saw, or somebody else would have just told that story. That would have just been some exposition by the grandmother. Yeah, I should did this and did that, and this is what happened, and that would have probably been the end of it, or we would have gotten something. I, I just don't think we would have quite gotten that, you know. In a truly lesser show would have done the whole thing where it's the grandmother telling the story of her mom and it's played by other actors in the show, just playing different characters in the past, you know, but it's all the same people. Yes. They totally would have done that. Yes. And I, I appreciated this version of it a little bit better because these were fully formed characters. You got to see full characters that were actually their own characters. And not just excuses for the same people to play a different role for an episode, you know? And so they tied that in nicely. And I I like that they talked about the partition to a a little bit of a greater depth, not completely in depth, but just enough to where if you're a curious person, you're go, huh, I want to learn more about the partition now. Like I knew a little bit about it. I'm not to a great depth, but I know a little bit of the history of it, of, you know, the British kind of intentionally caused issues between Muslims and Hindus in India before they left. They were going to pull out. They were going to, you know, leave India and they intentionally caused issues. So that when they left, it would fuck some shit up because, you know, colonialism's great. <laughs> Isn't it? You know, and I got, I like that you got to see a little bit of it and, and not completely in depth. And it's, you know, it's just a kind of an introduction to where if you're a curious person, you'd go, I want to learn more and you can go learn it from something else. But just to inspire you to want to do that is a great thing. And it shows how great the show is. It tied into some real shit, kind of like how the Watchmen tied into. There you go. The Tulsa, you know, the Tulsa massacres, kind of like even how the boys in season three, a little bit of a spoiler, just the tiniest bit of a spoiler ties into Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. And if you want to learn about the dark history of what the U.S. did in Nicaragua, you got a little bit of an introduction to it and you could go learn more. 
you know, a curious mind will sit there and go, huh, was the CIA actually trafficking drugs out of Nicaragua to sell in the inner cities of America? Yes, they were. And they introduce you to it a little bit. Now we were there fucking up another country's, you know, just because we wanted drugs. And it uh, wasn't drug dealers doing it. Well, I guess it was the ultimate drug dealers. The CIA. So, yeah. Gotta love Reagan's war on drugs. That's fucking great. Anyway, um, like I said, I could turn anything into me hating Ronald Reagan. I did it with Miss Marvel. Nailed it. Well, Miss Marvel. Too you really can do that. You really can. I'm, oh, yeah. You know, I, I didn't think you could, but <laughs> apparently that is a real skill that you have. I mean, you know, people, some I'm people are good out. at six degrees to Kevin Bacon. I'm great at six degrees to fuck Ronald Reagan. <laughs> Point taken. Um, but it, but also what were great shows? Uh, I and mean, I'm sorry. I said the, well, yeah, the Watchmen with the, the Tulsa massacre. Great show. Explain, you know, introduce that. I didn't know much about the Tulsa massacre at all. I didn't even know it was a thing until the Watchmen happened. I was like, oh, fuck, that's real. And then went and looked it up. You know, the boys, great fucking show. Like I said, if you want to know more about Nicaragua, I know a lot about that because, you know, if you're a professional Reagan hater, you know about that shit. So I've looked that up. But yeah, like, so this show, great show, introduces real life events that I don't know much about. I've, I've, I, I knew a little bit, like I said, I've, I've gone and downloaded a few podcasts that, delve deeper into the partition and the, the history of all that and the history of British colonialism in India and all that stuff. Because this show inspired me to want to learn more, you know, because why it's a great fucking show. Like you said, it's just weirdly as, as educational culturally and historically as it is entertaining. And that has always been a great combination when something is entertaining, but you're learning at the same time, man, that's just good shit, man. Hey. From the time we were kids to now, that is all that will always be some good shit. And that's why this is good shit. And that's why my cynical ass will still never say anything bad about Mr. Rogers. There you, go. there you go. Quality edutainment. Boom. Same with Sesame Drop Street. The mic. How how terrible of a fucking person do you have to be to look at Sesame Street and hate it? Yeah. It educates and entertains at the same time. It's yep. great. And that's why it's timeless. It, it it lasts, it is last, it will last forever. And that's why. I was born after Sesame Street started and I will die before it ends. Yep. And even if that means I live an average American male life, that's that's decades of it being around before and after I, I, I am a thing. Yep. It's because it's great. You got anything else you want to say about this Miss Marvel though? No, that was it. Oh, yeah. And oh, it was also last thing. And this will be quick. It was also cool that at the end we got to see her in begging. You know, I knew about that. I knew that when she does the begging thing, she grows, you know. Um, now, I've seen her be the size of a building. 
So I know that she can be bigger, but I like how, so I like how they just gave you a taste of it. You know, that this is not full on, you know, final form, Miss Marvel. I like how they gave, they, they let her have that power. She said it. She said what she needed to say. That's what she says in the comics, but they just gave you a tidbit of it. And you're just, you're just excited to see what else she can do with her power set. Once she masters her powers, like you're sitting there watching her fight and you're sitting her, seeing her do these things and you're going, man, just wait till she like masters these powers. Like, She's going to be oh, pretty yeah. badass. Because so. right now she has to create little platforms to run around the city. It's yeah. like, you know, she's going to be able to fly at some point. Like, I don't even know if that's a power of hers in the comics, but you know, eventually she'll fly. Like I yeah. said, even if it's not a thing in the comics yet with just in general, you know, it's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, at least yeah. in the MCU, she's going to fly. Mm-hmm. It's there. Yep. And I, and like, and like we talked about earlier, it was, it was so great to see that in the episode because it was a a, de- a defensive reaction, you know, to what was going on. And that makes so much sense for somebody that's learning to deal with powers or abilities to experience new versions of it or heightened versions of it in a defensive reactionary way. That makes so much sense because it's so much pure instinct at that point. It's just that will to want to stop something type of mentality. And just that makes so much sense. And it's also why it makes so much sense that she's a fucking mutant. Yep. Just saying. Adolescent, gaining powers. How does that not scream the first like four issues of the X-Men? I'm just saying, like, yep. And they even did the little jingle again. But was that electric guitar this time? I don't know. Was that what was that? I think it was actually. I think they just did it with like a MIDI device. I think they just had like a computer actually do the notes, like in a synth uh, type of way. Because you know, because the the multiverse of madness and this, they both did it with an in the actual show. Did it with an electric guitar. I think this just did it with like electronic music. Like it's the notes, but it's different uh, sounds. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Gotcha. But yeah. Like, I mean, come on. How does this not scream like Jubilee's story arc in the first couple of episodes of the X-Men, the animated series? I mean, it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's why, like I said, it felt great that when they were like, yeah, she's the introduction to mutants. Plus, too, that's what made it, I think, actually surprising. Because I don't think anybody, like, you know, you get all these fans, you get every fan theory in the world for these MCU movies and TV series. No one predicted Miss Marvel being the introduction of mutants because she's one. And it, like, you know, and I think, you know, part of it is, yeah, because it is comic inaccurate, but feels so right, though. Might be inaccurate, but oh, it feels so right. Because I think that that means we're either going to get a some mutants that are drastically older because they have been mutants for a while. Like you might get a Professor X or a Wolverine or a Magneto that have been around for a while. 
and just maybe hiding their powers or whatever. But, but that means I think when we're going to get the X-Men, he's going to get kids again. But yeah. I think they're going to do better than the later X-Men movies did. I, yeah. I, I kind of feel like that, that when we get an X-Men movie, it's going to be the original team, but it's going to feel like first class. So it's going to be, Oh, oh. so good. Oh, so good. Yeah. yeah. But you're, you're going to get the original team. You're going to get a beast, an angel, a Cyclops, angel. a Jean Grey, yep. an Iceman. And they're going to be kids. And it's going to be, be great. Awesome. That would be great. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, I'm not going to lie, as crazy as it may sound, I hope they don't introduce a Wolverine for another five movies after that, though. Because that's the real shit. And I'm yeah. not going to lie, I got tired of fucking Wolverine being in everything X-Men all the time. Because they were doing it even in the, like, even in the original animated series. He wasn't the main character originally. It's actually Jubilee. Oh. Jubilee was the main character of the animated series for a little bit. And then it became the Wolverine show. Mm-hmm. But then, dude, when they did that Wolverine and the X-Men show, I was so mad. <laughs> I know. Wolverine and friends. I mean, and that's what sort of happened. It just, it just became Wolverine and friends for a while. So it would just be nice to, like you said, just to see it get back to its roots. Cause that's when it's best. It's not when it's trying to focus on one character. My favorite X-Men stories are the ones where all of them are kind of integral to the story. Whatever handful it is they're focusing on. I like the handful approach. I don't like, okay, which is, it's just this one. Now, sometimes those singular stories were okay. You know, I mean, they're not yeah, every bad, once in a while. It's fine, but, but it's, yeah. but there was always great when they would do a story arc and then do a one issue focusing on one character. And then the next issues, another story arc. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the best stories. Those are the best for X-Men. Yeah. I do want to, throw out there though one change because i know that like it was like original team i want them to add one member that wasn't on the original team but would be perfect in the kid x-men movie and that's a storm throwing a storm too mm. oh that would be great do the original yeah. team plus storm yeah that'd be great do a storm yeah not a wolverine maybe a nightcrawler maybe at like the end of the first movie they find a nightcrawler but I think when they do the original team, you do a storm with it. Because just no one screams the X-Men more than the original team and a storm. Storm just screams X-Men so much. Yeah. Yeah. And she's so badass. Just put her put her in that too. I know it's not yeah. canon. Who gives a fuck? Throw a storm in there. Yeah, throw it in there. Yeah. We done changed the shit up so much anyway. You might as why not? Yeah. Why not? I wouldn't even be opposed to a slightly older storm. that was like professor X's first pupil. I know it's supposed to be Scott, but have it be storm instead. So she's like five years older than them and helping train them. Oh man. That way you can get like a, like an early 20 storm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That'd be cool. That, that'd be great. But like, I, I just think we should go back to, you know, Storm and Cyclops being the real leaders of the X-Men and fuck a Wolverine. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. 
I'd be down. I know that much. Hell yeah. See, I'd be stoked about that. Other than that, I mean, they can do whatever, but oh, that'd be great. Anyway, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com. Uh, Facebook, we're Cinema Slayers podcast. Twitter and Instagram, we're Cinema underscore Slayers. Uh, Cinema Slayers pod on TikTok. Uh, check out Cinema Slayers on YouTube. You can see our faces during all this. You can see me and my facial expressions weirdly enjoying an MCU property for fucking once. Because that hasn't happened since we went to video. We've done, this is our fourth, no, third, fourth, fourth thing we've done. So Moon Knight, no, Doctor Strange was beforehand. I'm sorry. I was thinking we did video for Doctor Strange. We didn't. But Moon Knight and Thor have both been videos. And notice how I had a grumpy face for a lot of that. Happy face. So much happy face in this one. Because it's so fucking great. I think this is the first time you've gotten a real happy face out of me since we did Top Gun. Kind of had a happy face during Black Phone. (laughs) Wasn't a grumpy face in Black Phone. It was just kind of a, eh, their face. No, happy face. Look at this. Sterling happy face. Talking about Miss Marvel. Uh, Give us a five-star rating review. We'd really appreciate it. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the little bell button so you can get notified when we drop these uh, videos on Thursdays. Uh, Tell your family. Tell your friends. Tell your friends' family. Tell your family's friends. And most of all, tell those dear sweet mothers because there's uh, Heather's not here. Um, Because there's a a great mother story. There's a great mother character in this. Mothers want to see other great mothers. So there you go. And uh, most of all, Weirdly enough, I'm going back to Moon Knight uh, as I end the TikToks, YouTube videos, and podcasts. Just remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is the best picture winner. We know what the best picture winner is now, though. I'm not going to lie. I might be okay with changing that. Remember, according to Justin, Ms. Marvel is the best picture winner. Because to me, it played like a four and a half hour movie and it's fucking great. I know. And it's everything a fucking Academy Award movie would like. It's got that coming of age story. It's got, you know, weird issues like body changes. You know, it's great story with a mother and father and a child. Like, it's everything Academy Awards love. Yep. Yep. Um, Man, just it's just everything, man. It's just everything. The the the. The mother made the super suit and the father gave her the name. I mean, and her friend on, gave her the mask. Like, like, yep. Her friend gave her the mask. Oh, man. Dude, this man. is one of the first times a mother gave her child the super suit or, yeah, or, and I didn't get upset. I always fucking hate that. It's like Superman. Here's your super suit. I just sewed it with Kryptonian yep. language well, think, on yeah. it. <laughs> fuck is that that's true that's I, true i just they always do that just in this one like it felt real like she was like because they established earlier in the show that she can make costumes and so shit that she wanted to do that she wanted to allow her daughter to do 
weird fantasy superhero shit, but still stay true to their, their customs and their culture and all that. And then, so like with her designing the suit at the end, it made so much sense. Yeah. And I like how like elements of her suit were from all different elements of her journey. She had the scarf from the, the, the red daggers. Yep. The mask from the friend, her mom or the suit from the red daggers also, cause they gave her the suit technically like the, the original, like the red and blue thing. And then her mom took it, based it off that little fucking necklace she had that broke. That was her name. Yep. That oh, was her name in Arabic. And then the father gave her the name. Like, come on, dude. And that none was, of it felt cheesy. It all felt of it. earned. Yeah. Cause it's a great show, man. Man, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm probably watching this shit tomorrow night. I'm probably watching Miss Marvel tomorrow night. I'll watch one episode of, of, I'm either going to watch one episode of Stargate and then Miss Marvel, or I'm just going to watch all of Miss Marvel and then watch one Stargate before I go to bed. Cause like I said, I got to get one Stargate in. Cause I'm on season Man, eight. I'm I know what done. I'm watching after this. You know what? I finally started six feet under. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Boy. Oh, that's a fantastic I'm still on the show. first season, but. Oh, that's a fantastic show. Man, it's a good ass show, dude. I mm-hmm. didn't know Mike. I didn't know Dexter was in this. I didn't know Michael C. Hall. Oh yeah, was in this. Yeah, killing it. Why do you think killing it? Why do you think I was excited about Dexter when it started? Was it that's now I Michael understand. C. Hall? I'm mad. I'm angry with myself that I didn't get to experience him that way. I'm mad that I didn't get to see this first, and then be excited for Dexter the same way that you are. But I'm glad I'm here now. Because, boy, he is killing it. But anyway, yeah. And I'll say this. Do you know what this show doesn't do unlike Dexter? It doesn't fall the fuck off. <laughs> there you go. Okay. It doesn't fall the fuck off. No, Dexter. I'm, I'm loving dude, it, dude. It's weirdly the antithesis to, of Dexter. Because Dexter has one of the worst endings in TV history. This show has single-handedly, I would argue, the best final episode of all time. I, I could see some other shows, maybe, but it's, 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 if it's not the best, it's at least top five final episodes of all time. And I cannot wait for you to get that because there's another series that ends in a similar way and it, they're ripping off six feet under. And I, I, I don't mean that in a negative way. You can call it an homage, whatever, you know, but another show does it an ending just like this. And and I know why, because this ending is fucking fantastic. I don't blame that show at all, that other show at all for going, hey, let's do a six feet under ending because it's fantastic. You're just setting yourself up for success by following that model. OK, all right. And that's what I cannot wait for. I cannot wait for you to get to the end of that so I can talk to you about that. I almost think we need to get Heather to watch six feet under all the way through also. So that way. Once you were both done, we can just do like a little bonus episode, just talking about the finale of the show. Not even talking about the entirety of the show, just talking about the finale. Man, she should watch it, man, because Heather would love this show. It's 
Oh, and I, I mean, and, I'm only on the first season, dude, but like it, it's got everything that you want in a show, in a drama like this. It, it's I got, will take the, I will take it, it one step further and, and, and compare it to this show real quick. As great as the unified family dynamics are in this show. Six feet under is just as good with the dysfunctional family dynamics. Yes, very much so. Yes. And it never drops in quality when it comes to that. Like, yeah, some of the later like episodes and show might, might not be as great as in the beginning. It never truly drops in quality though. It's like, you know, going from like a 92 to a 90, you know, it's never really going to truly drop, but the dynamics in the family, I'm not saying they don't change. I'm just saying they always stay top tier quality. That's why the show is great. And also that does remind me real quick. And I'm sorry. I'm doing this so late. Heather did send us a little thing about this show. We should have said it more during the episode, and I'm sorry. But Heather did say uh, she did uh, about this. She super enjoyed Miss Marvel, best soundtrack Marvel thing, and most fun energy of Marvel things. A very endearing show. Fuck, I should have said that way earlier in the episode. And I'm so glad I remembered that she said that. So we just kind of got into it and we're like, yeah, it's great. And I, I, I spaced on it a little bit. But Heather, you're not forgotten. That is her thoughts about it. Sorry, it's so late. But what would you expect from me at this point? If not fucking it up a little bit. So. True, true. Very, uh, you wouldn't be you without fucking it up a little bit. So. Yeah. It's on point. Exactly. It's on point. All right. Yes, you need to watch more Six Feet Under. Everybody, and that's everybody. That's not even just Justin. Everybody needs to watch more Six Feet Under. Well, I will, sir. And if you've seen it, you know why I'm saying that? Because you probably watched it more than once. I don't, like, I think anybody that's seen Six Feet Under has watched it probably all the way through more than once. I'm not going to lie. When I finish Stargate, I might be throwing that in there now. I might, because I'm going to have to go to Stargate Atlantis, because that's the next series. But I might do a thing where I'm watching mm. one S, like Stargate Atlantis, one six feet under episode a day, minimum. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to happen now. All right, I'm out. <laughs>